right, you're recording? I am. Okay, I'm recording up, too. Up, up. Now, I, now I'm really recording. I'm doing it twice. <laughs> okay, welcome to Love Rice 2.0 this time around. And um, I am Jen Gessel. I'm a therapist intern down in Arizona, and I'm working here with Dr. Skinner, who is the director and lead therapist at Out of Recovery. And welcome. I'm excited to be with everybody again today. Yeah, we always like these little tidbits. So uh, we've got a few things we want to talk about. So um, I think first we're going to move into something kind of exciting. I got an email this morning that Dr. Skinner's putting out a new book. And it's all about sexual addiction. And there's a connection to loneliness, which piqued my interest. I thought, hmm. Because I've noticed um, some of the clients that I've worked with over the years and things that I've seen, I do see that loneliness component. So let's hear a little bit more about that. What's... Um, what are your findings? What do you find most interesting? Well, it really comes from a question I had probably about 10 or 12 years ago. And I was looking at my clients and I was thinking, you know, how, how alone they were describing the world. Just this, this, just this sense of I'm alone. Describe I'm, it for I'm me. Against. Like, what, is, what are they saying? So, so let's put it in a context. So whether they're single or whether they're married, when you when you're carrying the burden of hidden behaviors, and I say carrying the burden of hidden behaviors, many times they haven't come out. There, there's these internal secrets. It's feeling like a double world. What happens is you start to isolate away from other people because you come to believe that there's something wrong with me, that I'm unlovable, that people won't want me, or that if people really knew what I was like, they would reject me. I have to hide and bury so this. Now, yeah. Yeah. So now you start creating this lonely, isolatory world, and recovery just doesn't work in isolation. So, as we, uh, like, for example, right now with the pandemic, I read today an article that the loneliness, I mean, they're talking four out of 10 people are reporting higher levels of loneliness. So, so what, how do lonely people cope? Yeah, I notice at our house we're scrolling a lot. Yeah, so so it's it's you know, but if you if you're dealing with sexual addiction, and say your preference is pornography, well, the porn use has gone up over the last. Uh, if you look at you know the re research, it's gone up about fifteen percent since we've really started this pandemic. So you're talking really, more, yeah. How are you, where where are these stats coming from? We got fresh stats since COVID. Yeah, uh, Pornhub uh, actually releases their usage. Nice. Um, and and I was talking with another clinician. He said, "Do you know that they actually you can actually go to this website and find out their statistics without having to look at porn?" I thought that's a great idea. I'd like to look at the statistics. You can keep the porn to yourself, but but in general, I'm like, okay, what's going on? And and in some countries, they actually gave away uh, Pornhub memberships. Uh, wow. As a gift. As a gift during the pandemic. Yeah, let's see if we can make it worse. Um, anyway, so so the concept is, if, if I'm isolated, I'm alone, um, how am I going to cope? And coping then turns to sexual behaviors, sexual behaviors, then it's a vicious cycle. Looking for some kind of connection, person on a screen, some something on the screen that makes me feel good for a second, a bit, a minute, more, whatever it might be. And, and ultimately, I end up uh, feeling empty. I'm feeling uh, like I don't others won't accept me. And, and so then and I hide. I, so if I come full circle, that was 10 or 12 years ago. Um, I started gathering data 
on on uh, people who were taking my online assessment, and I was looking at frequency of porn use and loneliness. And and then that article was published in 2017 with Dr. Mark Butler as the lead author. He took my data and published it. But but really, my data suggests uh, that lonely people are looking at porn more frequently, and people who are looking at porn more frequently are lonelier. Let me pause this for a second. Because what I'm thinking is perceived loneliness, right? That's my thought. Because I'm thinking, if you're in a relationship, sometimes, you know, for example, like they might have all the resources they need to be happy. They might have a wife or a friend or a person or partner that cares a lot about them, people in their lives that care about a lot about them. So where does this, you know, what is this loneliness really about? Is it about an inability to see or connect with another person? Is it about, um, you know, not, not able to see that people are around you and willing to love you? Is it it just sounds complicated. Let's just take a, a hypothetical case. Okay. All right. So let's just say that this client's name is Tom. So, so Tom at an early age is introduced to some sexual act. And over the next few years, it ebbs and flows. But by the time he's a teenager, he's pretty sexually active, you know, acting out, so forth, various different ways. Now he gets into a serious relationship. He's in his um, late teens and he gets rejected. Uh, gets made fun of, uh, and and he says, "Well, screw that! I can go find my, I can go look at my porn. I can do this." But that rejection makes him feel like others don't want him. Now let's take him into his twenties, right? He's been looking at porn for now ten years. Um, he's had some other sexual experiences, pretty sexually involved, which many people would say that's just pretty normal. But in the background of his mind. It's the only way that he's being comforted, right? So it, the it, emotional wounds are—he's unable to soothe himself emotionally. So he soothes himself through some sexual act, and now let's add to that, that say that rejection from high school. Now he gets into college, has multiple activities, sexual experiences, and has been pretty sexual. But finally, finds a person. That he thinks, okay, this is the one. But I falls in love. I yeah, I fall in love, but I can't possibly tell this person about my past. I, I can I can minimize it. I can talk a little bit about it, but I can't go into full depth. I'm already starting this relationship with a partial truth, which is going to create a separation from complete wholeness. Now I get in there, I'm thinking marriage is going to fix this. I'm going to be fixed. No problems. I'm good. Except I find that we start arguing. Where's my comfort? Yeah, I start arguing. I feel lonely again. I go back to what I know. I go back to my comfort. And now I've got a secret. And if my spouse really knew what I was like, they wouldn't accept me. So now I live with this secret until I'm now socially, emotionally disconnecting from the person who I thought was going to help me be better. Now we're talking a scenario where I don't know how to repair because I, I, what am I going to say? I've been screwing up, so I'm going to risk your rejection? Mm-hmm. 
Now I get caught. Full circle. Now there's conflict fighting. We're not, we're not connecting because, because you're in betrayal trauma. You're in pain. And I'm sitting here with this secret. Now it's out. I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling like there's something wrong with me. You're not, you're, you might divorce me. You, maybe you are divorcing me. Whatever it is. The rejection comes up again. The fear of the rejection. I'm going to be rejected again. And where do I turn for comfort? Ba-dum-bum-bum. <laughs> Back at it. And, and so the challenge of that is, is going back years, the loneliness already set in. It was never resolved. And the relationship doesn't make it go away because we don't know how to solve problems. So the so loneliness, let me just make sure we, we got this. So the loneliness, the seeds for the loneliness were planted years ago when we began having a secret. That's right. Whether that and, secret's and, porn, sex, something else, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But once I start feeling like I don't fit or I don't belong. Or I have to hide myself, somebody, then I can't connect with anybody. That's correct. That's the building of the case of loneliness as a driver of, it's a silent driver of sex addiction. Hmm. Now, some people might say, well, what about the person who has affairs? An affair does not take away loneliness. Yeah, I was going to say, right, I've seen similar patterns. Right, it, it doesn't take it away. People get into that, in, that, that high that comes from the affair, but, but then once it's discovered, then the chaos ensues, and often they're actually lonelier, and that's why they will typically go back to an affair partner, or they will try to make it work with their spouse, but there's a disconnect there, and they're feeling lonely there, even there, because there's the betrayal trauma, there's the disconnection emotionally. And so we're not getting the human connection that actually leads to long-term healthy human relationships. So the type of sexually acting out doesn't actually matter, whether it's porn, affairs, whatever kind of hookups, um, you know, whatever it might be, you know, prostitutes, um, you know. Well, what, what, what's a prostitute? I'm, I'm looking for some type of comfort. I'm, I'm trying to deal with loneliness. Uh, you, for that matter, you could say even masturbation could be a sense of dealing with loneliness. I'm looking to soothe this sense of not fitting, not belonging. Now, that's just one reason why people act out. I'm not saying it's the reason. It is one that we've ignored largely. We, we, we gloss over it. Are you lonely? Are you bored? Are you sad? Well, let's pause for lo on lonely and sit with it for a second. And let's see what is really going on. Mm. So when you, uh, you know, when you work with people and you're pausing on this loneliness, what comes up? Oh, oh, memories, experiences of rejection, mm. right? Uh, the inability, yeah, the inability to be with themselves in a meaningful way that doesn't mean I'm coping or acting out. Mm. It's, it's a really, really powerful thing to assess and understand and address so, I, so I'm doing that webinar, and in that webinar, I'm going to be talking specifically about the addressing this loneliness and the importance of it in the recovery process. In fact, I wrote an entire chapter in my book on it because I thought, it, we can't ignore this any longer. Not if we're going to help people understand the healing and the recovery process. It has to be addressed. That's fascinating. I mean, I, we've talked about it quite a bit here, so you know what? There's probably lots to say, but I, I, I want to ask, what, what can someone do for themselves when they recognize I'm lonely? When they recognize mm. that that's their trigger, I'm lonely, and I don't know how to be with myself 
I don't know how to feel comforted by myself. So, so there's um, two ways that we get comfort. One is self-soothing, and, and the other would be co-soothing, or what we refer to as co-regulation, where somebody else helps us. So ideally, you would have both. But start for starters, you need to recognize, I need to do some healthy self-soothing. Now, I don't know what that is for everybody, but I can tell you for me personally, a walk outside in nature is a very soothing experience for me. Mm -hmm. uh, music. I, I, I can listen to certain music and it just goes, mm, and it calms my inner self. But that means that everybody needs to know and recognize I am lonely and I need soothing now. I'm lonely and I know how to take care of myself. And so exploring this idea of loneliness, it might feel like something people don't want to do, right? It's abrasive. Ugh, I don't want to think about myself as lonely, uh, needing something, needing somebody. So exploring that idea exploring what soothes me, what helps me, what helps me feel good about myself. Yeah. And not only not only that, but then acting on it. Go for that walk. Soothe soothe that inner part of you, whether it's music or a walk or whether it's exercise that's push-ups, hard physical pushing yourself or maybe it's a good book. Mhm. Mm but but loneliness leading to sexually acting out behaviors it just perpetuates the loneliness. Yeah, it just hurts yourself more. The internal dialogue becomes, I'm not acceptable, I'm not lovable, nobody wants me. A productive soothing strategy increases confidence and makes you believe more in your ability to do hard things. Hmm. So I imagine if you... Uh feel lonely, you've got the ideas in your head that, um, you know, nobody wants to be with me, I'm not good enough. Um, then you begin to numb those, those words out, because who can live with that in their mind for that long? Once you numb those words out, you're really just living on the surface and going through the motions. And then the people who do care about you see somebody that's a shell of a person. I can imagine that that is really the Right. And then and then somebody could be paying me attention, but I can't receive it because my belief is that I'm not acceptable. I'm not lovable. And now now it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that I am not being accepted. I am being rejected. And the research by Dr. John Cacioppo suggests that lonely people are more sensitive. And even if they're given attention, they are not receiving that attention, which is why we have to address it. And get to the root was actually those core beliefs. If you don't deal with the beliefs, loneliness will continue. You know, I, I'm going to share a personal experience here because I, I think, um, and I don't know, it may have been loneliness, but I remember, um, I remember feeling disconnected from people just in general. So yeah, it was loneliness. And, and I remember thinking, I can't feel that anyone cares about me. And so I practiced and tried some different things and, and I came up with something that actually really worked for me. I, I, I don't know why I call it a reverse meditation. I don't know why I call it that. It doesn't make any sense. But basically, um, when someone gave me a hug that I knew was trying to reach me, I would notice that my mind would go somewhere else. I would disassociate. I would disappear from the situation. I wouldn't be present. You know, I wouldn't feel them around me or near me. And so I really tried to be present in the affection 
Um, Mm -hmm. And I practiced this a couple of times and it, it helped me recognize in my body what it felt like to be cared about, what it felt like to be nurtured. Mm. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because you, you just gave a solution, allowing yourself to just be in this moment where somebody is caring. Yeah. Because it's easy to say, oh, no, they don't, or to mistrust it, or to whatever. In this, in this particular instance, it wasn't someone I knew very well. It was someone that I had just kind of barely known, and I thought, let me just give it a chance to see what it feels like if I can feel something here. That's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're real excited to hear more about your book. I think uh, the webinar, it's coming up. Why don't you give us some more details on that? Yeah, so it's going to be recorded if people can't make it so, or they're listening to this. And we'll, we'll put a link below uh, our podcast today where people can go sign up. And it's a free webinar where I'm going to be talking about strategies for addressing this loneliness and really giving you a little bit more of the research. You know, if we ignore the research, we're ignoring what, what people are telling us their needs are. And so I'm going to be presenting some of the research findings and we're going to be talking about some solutions. I love it. I'm excited to, to hear more learn more about well, this. Well, I'm finding right now in today's culture that loneliness is a big, big under-addressed issue. It really is. And so, you know, with that, let's um, let's say goodbye to our uh, Love Rice fans out there, but let's give the, the invitation to reach out to somebody. I love it. And not only reaching out to somebody, but, but, but assess yourself if you're resistant to it. Right, because loneliness is actually a, a, our body's way of saying you need connection. In contrast, depression actually keeps us more isolated and alone. So our loneliness instinct is actually to create connection. That's what loneliness is about. So it's like a red flag. Hey, you, you're lonely. You, yeah, yeah. And instead of coping in unhealthy ways, if we can recognize the loneliness and turn towards connection, oh, the outcome's going to be so much more pleasant. I love it. Well, thank you for your thoughts today. Well, thank you. It's been a good conversation. Yeah, thank you for uh, joining us here for Love Rice 2.0. We'll see you next time. <laughs>